Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I'm going to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources that remind you you don't mom alone. In this episode number 250, I have the privilege of chatting with the one who literally wrote the book on boundaries, Dr. John Townsend. When you've had to set limits and you want to get close again, then you re-engage with the person and you say, I want to try again, but I want to be as good a friend as I can be or a good adult daughter as I can be. But things have got to change on your end, too. And if they say, I have no intent of changing, you're the problem. What they're saying is there's nothing new to trust. Love is free, but trust is earned. We've got to remember that love is free as, as you know, air, but trust is earned. So if they go, no, I'm going to stay the way I am. I don't have to change. Then they're telling you, keep the boundaries. As moms, we are like a life support system for our kids. And to keep our families healthy, we need to be healthy. A key part of our overall well-being is setting healthy boundaries. But setting those boundaries is so hard and they often require uncomfortable, direct conversations. Y'all have reached out to me with different scenarios, mild to severe with your families, and you're looking for advice. So I went to the expert. Dr. John Townsend is a psychologist. He co-authored the book Boundaries over 30 years ago and has since written 30 more books including one that you can pre-order called People Fuel. Not only does he do counseling work, he's also a coach to different businesses. He has the Townsend Leadership Program. You can check him out over at drtownsend.com. It's a great conversation. I can't wait to get to it. But before we do, let's give a shout out to this month's sponsor, FabFitFun. Y'all know how much I love the seasonal subscription box over at FabFitFun. Because they send me full-size beauty, fitness, lifestyle, fashion products. It retails for $49.99, but everything in the box is valued at over $200. And one of my friends had such a genius idea. She said, I think I'm going to sign up for it and use some of the products as gifts for friends to save money. I thought that was so smart. And another way you can save money is with the coupon code DMA10, DMA10, to get $10 off your first box over at fabfitfun.com. They partner with so many great name brands like Kate Somerville, Vince Camuto, Anthropology, Tarte. Go check it out over at fabfitfun.com. And for your first box, save that $10 using the code DMA10, DMA10. All right, let's get to my chat with Dr. Townsend. Here we go. Dr. Townsend, welcome to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Hi, Heather. (laughs) Good to have you on here. I feel honored that you would take time to chat with our community about so many important topics. But today, boundaries with our parents and in-laws and as moms who are so depleted anyway, how we stay filled and whole and manage this well. So thank you for taking time today. You're welcome. So I reached out to listeners and received over 80 questions for you. We don't have that much time. <laughs> we, we need boundaries on our time now. <laughs> we need lots of boundaries. So I know uh, not everyone has had a chance to read your fantastic books on boundaries. I know you have another book coming out. Would you take a second and give us a 101 on the philosophy behind boundaries and and where that came from before we get into this a little deeper? Heather, the concept on a, you said 101, which is a really good way to describe it, 
uh, level uh, really comes from uh, the Bible. You know, people say, well, you're a psychologist. You, know, you make all this stuff up. No, no, no. This is <laughs> this started a long time before psychology. If you go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, for example, Solomon says, guard your heart, for from it flow the wellsprings of life. And what he's saying there is that you've got to take care of your energy and your heart, your emotions. You've got to take care of your self-care and your health and work out. You've got to have time for you. If you don't guard that heart, well, then the wellsprings of life won't come out from it. And when you think about the dilemma of a mother who is like a life support system for kids, if she's not guarding her heart and saying no when she needs to say no and um, not being as available as she needs to be for other people and to be, not allow bad treatment, then she won't have the wellsprings of life for her children. Right. So boundaries are basically about how to set healthy, loving limits in our life so we have something to offer to our children. Mm, that's good. I think we really struggle with the how. The, the balancing act, which I don't really love the word balance, but between giving and being, quote unquote, good Christian people who give and selfishly serve and put up with different, harder people. And yet, like you said, guard ourselves from future more pain and hurt. And some people would say, is it even biblical? And I love that you pointed right to that verse. Well, if you go to the book, you've got 300 passages in the book. I mean, the book's, you know, 27 years old. Yeah. It's been a bestseller forever. I wrote yeah. it when I was like eight years old. <laughs> um, and when people say, well, is this biblical? I say, have you read the book? And they go, no. I say, check out the 300 passages and come and talk to me. They, yeah. th that kind of changes things for them. So, yeah. I mean, when, when we talk about like, so what's the how here? God's how is basically this. Go to Matthew 5 and Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. I have a job to do as a parent. Your audience has a job to do as moms, which says I've got to take care of you know, my children, I am everything for them, but I've also got relationships and family and a job maybe. So I've got to get filled up, as God says in Matthew 5, so that I can get, have the wherewithal to give to others. And if I allow either controlling people or toxic people or people that have more needs than I can meet in my life, then I can't get filled up. It's like saying, well, I got to go drive a 400 miles, but I have a... Uh, I have a gas tank that only has 200 miles in it. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I've got to get enough gas in my tank for energy and love and support and all that, which means I've got to set boundaries in myself with my own schedule as well as in my relationships. So it really becomes an easier thing. The how on a conceptual level is easy. Oh, yeah, i got to get my tank filled so I can give to whatever God says. But the, the real problem is then those particular situations with people that are difficult for us. That's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. So talk us through that. How do we firmly set these boundaries without being hurtful? Yeah, it's a great question, Heather, because I don't believe that's possible. Mm. Mm. And let me tell you why. There's a difference between hurting someone and harming someone. Oh. You know, the Bible says in so many ways, we're supposed to hurt each other. Go to the Bible, whereas, where David says, my friend smites me, that's a favor to me. Speak the truth and love to one another. We're supposed to be making each other, dis you know, I I'm a psychologist. I study all the research and all this. We're supposed to be disrupting each other uh, at, at different times. And if all we have is people that are uh, no, do nothing but say positive stuff to us and we say positive stuff to them and we never tell them the truth, we're going to get sick and they're going to get sick. But hurt is very different than harm. When we harm someone, we damage them. Mm -hmm. We make them lose 
lose faith or they it causes bad things to happen to them. So when you say, well, how do I set limits when, in a way that people will love it? I haven't found that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. When my wife and my friends set limits with me, it hurts my feelings. And I go, well, that was a bummer. Uh, so I talked too much at the party last night, but it helped me. It didn't harm me. So let's get out of the idea that people have got to say, wow, please, Heather, give me more boundaries. This is great stuff. It'll <laughs> never happen. Yeah. Just like you, your, your kids never say, hey, thank you for putting me in time out. Can, mm. can you do that more? But we know it hurts them, but it doesn't harm them. So we don't want to harm people. But the idea is how can we do it in a healthy way? And if they're a healthy person, they'll go, you know, bummer. Sorry you can't make it to dinner with me. Sorry you can't be on my board. Sorry you can't have lunch with me. Bummer will do it all the other time. That's a healthy person response to our boundaries. An unhealthy response is, well, I thought you loved me, and uh, I need you, and I need you in my life all the time. They're telling you I might not be the right person. So I'm changing the paradigm a bit here, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I think that's super, super helpful, super helpful, because we can't wait until someone's not upset with us. There you go. Yeah. And someone asked, how do we balance that honoring your father and mother command with these healthy boundaries? How do we honor and yet protect our ourselves and our family from potential harm that a parent or an in-law could be causing. There's a very simple solution to this, and it's not easy, but it's simple, Heather. Okay. The Bible says children obey your parents, right? Mm -hmm. It also says adults honor your parents, but it never tells us once I'm a functioning adult that I must obey my parents. I must honor them. So then what does honor mean? Well, honor means respect them and be thankful for the things that they did that were right mm -hmm. and take their their opinions into consideration. That's what honor means. And in the Old Testament, the word honor means just to give weight to, but it never says obey them. So if my parents and I'm I'm 27 years old, let's say, and my parents are saying, well, we need to see you three times a week or we need to you spend X amount of time with them. We got I'll take that consideration but I'm making choices. So that's how we keep the balance. I honor, but I don't obey. I obey God. Hmm. That's really helpful. So how do you handle if you attempt to say what you just said and you let them know I'm, I'm processing through it? And like you had mentioned previously, they may not be mature enough or whole enough or healthy enough, whether it's narcissism or addiction or something, that they, they laugh at your boundaries or they dismiss your boundaries they, maybe they only have some big clinical thing like yeah. narcissism. Or maybe they're just immature and yeah. maybe they're dependent. So they don't have to be shrink worthy to be kind of a problem. Mm -hmm. So how does this person who's asking move forward if they're they're attempting to set the boundaries, they're doing it in a, um, a the least <laughs> harmful way they can, and yet it's not being respected? Well, the best way to understand it is that I'm always supposed to care about that person because we're called to care. I want their best. I may not be able to provide their best, but I don't want, I don't want them to be harmed. So I come in with that mentality and then I decide what I can give and I give those things helpfully. Like yeah, I can, I, maybe I can spend five minutes with them right then, or maybe I can go on a vacation, but I, I have to give what I can give out of my resources because I'm a mom and I have to put my resources in other priorities. And then I have to have a uh, directness and say, no, that's not okay with me. That doesn't work for me. You know, Heather, when I, sp I speak around the country on these matters and what really is cool and people kind of get the, the light switch comes on for them is when I do a role play. Mm. 
And I'll just say, look, I'll be the healthy Heather and you be that person that, you know, somebody wrote to you a question yeah. and you be that person who was a difficult mom or dad or whatever about something. And I'll walk through in about two minutes that conversation so people can see how to do it. So yeah. okay. let's figure out a scenario. Okay. What's a scenario where there's kind of a crazy mom or dad and you're a mom, you're, you're yourself or a mom trying to do everything right. But this mom or dad is something you want to stop. What are they doing? Are they being controlling? Are they want too much time? Are they, are they too critical? What are they doing that you want to stop? I mean, I'm trying to get in the mindset because I don't have any parents that live nearby. So it's harder for me. But some of the examples had to do with if someone lived in proximity, having an expectation of a lot of time coming over. Perfect. Or, Perfect. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have that much time. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So now here's how we're going to do it. When I get a, When I do that, I don't do that on the fly. I, I'm, I'm your, I'm, I'm, I'm Beth Smith. I'm your, one of your faithful Heather listeners, right? And <laughs> yeah. Beth, Beth lives close to her parents. She loves them, but they want to, they want oodles of time and she just doesn't have that much time, but she feels bad and guilty and like she's not being a good daughter. And so the first thing you do, you don't do it when you're like um, sitting in a movie or like having dinner. <laughs> you don't do these like, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have to have a meeting mm. and you have to say, so now you just said, hey, I want to talk to you about something important. Um, and you want to do it in person because those, if, if you can, if they live in another country, you can't. But you said they live close. So you want to do it. You want to, you have an appointment with them. Let's go have coffee or let's go meet at your house. You know, I just want to talk, talk, talk over some, some matters with you. So now it's dedicated and it's in a good place and the kids aren't running around and there's not a lot of distractions. So you can really concentrate on the relationship. So far, so good. So far, so good. All right. So you, I'm going to be Beth, the healthy Beth, and you're going to be Beth's mom, okay? Okay. Hey, Mom. Hi, honey. How are you doing? Everything good these days? Oh, you know, I'm just so lonely. I know, I know. And I have been praying for you and hoping you'll find some, some friends and all that. I, I really do want you to be happier. Can I, can I tell you about why I wanted to meet with you, Mom? Sure. Uh, well, you know, I love you and I want us to always be close. And by the way, mom, if I ever am not a great Beth daughter to you, if I alienate you in some way, or if I bother you, or if I'm sort of not a loving daughter, I hope you feel free to tell me. I always want to be a great daughter to you. Do you, do you feel free to give me some guidance sometimes when I need to be better? Well, if you want that, Beth, then I, I yes, I do. I feel that freedom. Thank you, because I do want it, and I love you, and I need that from you. Okay, and I would like to feel permission to also address things that could could be improved in our relationship from my vantage point as well. Do I? Is that okay with you as well? Well, I, I mean, are you going to hurt my feelings? I don't know, Mom. If I have an issue, would you rather me not speak up about it all then? Or well, I don't know if we need to talk about it then, because I mean, I okay. don't like being sad. Okay. What if it's something that's getting in the way between our closeness? That it might be a little bit uncomfortable, but it would bring more closeness. Would that be okay? Well, I mean, I just don't want to be uncomfortable. I, I don't. I don't want to cause problems. Well, the problem is, I want to solve a problem. I want to solve a problem that I've been feeling between us that's pushing me away from you. Well, I have some problems too. I'd like to talk about. I mean, you just you say you're going to come over, and then you cancel, and you I, I invite you, and you never come, and I mean. Betsy's daughter is always over at her house and she asks her to watch her kids and she they go to coffee more than we ever do. And I just don't feel like you love me like Betsy's daughter loves her. I am so glad you brought that up, Mom. Thank you. This I really even feel better about our conversation because that's what I want to talk about. So the thing that you're concerned about, 
I have an issue about too. So let's do this. Let me tell you what my issue is that I called the meeting for. And then um, maybe if we have time, we'll talk about your end. If we don't have time, you know, we'll talk next week about your, your, your issue. Can we go and turn like that? Does that sound fair? Sure. Thanks, Mom. The issue is, is that I love you and want, I'm so glad we live in proximity and I want a relationship forever. But um, I think the reality is that I don't have as much time as you would like me to have for me to do my priorities, which are the kids and the family. I don't have as much and I need to have a better frequency of meeting with you that's more healthy. So I want to solve that so we can be close. Well, I think you need to say no to other people before me. I mean, I am your mother. I brought you into this world. Now, all right, T.O., is mom a believer? I'll either go the research <laughs> route or, or, or I'll go the Bible route. What, what kind of mom we got here? I don't know. Jeez. I don't know. Let's, let's say, we got a lot of questions about if the parents aren't believers. So let's go that route. All right. Well, mom, I appreciate it. But, you know, as I look at the research about parenting, because I've been doing some, you know, really good studies about what great health is and great parenting and great growth is. Um, I do certainly want to make you a priority because you delivered me and you're a wonderful mom, but I can't be your sole source of life support anymore. I want to be one of them, but you need other friends. And so my priorities really are my kids and my family. And honestly, mom, I, I, I don't have another way to say this. They're a higher priority than you are because they're my life and they're the ones I give life to. Can you accept that they are a higher priority? No, no, I cannot understand that. We came all this way, moved all the way here to be close to you. I don't have other friends. I gave my whole life to raising you, and this is how you treat me? Yeah. Just complete Gosh. disregard? You don't care anything Gosh. about me. You never want to be with me, and now you're telling me you want even less time with me? Well, maybe there's a compromise here, Mom, because I don't want you to feel like that. I think the solution is for me to tell you what I can give you, how many lunches or dinners or visits I can give you in a month. And, and I would do that wholeheartedly to really be attentive to you and do things that are fun for you and have lots of laughs for you. How many of those visits I can do a month and also for you to get a bunch of other friends. I think that's a win-win. Would you be open to that at all? Well, I just don't even know if I want to even talk about it anymore. If you don't want to be with me, I'm not going to make you be with me. Okay. Mom, where did you hear me say I don't want to be with you? I, well, I think you're telling four or five me times. you want to just regulate it and put me on your calendar like a doctor's appointment. Mom, do you remember when you had me and, and you had my, my two sisters and you had a busy life? You had that charity you're involved with. You were a working mom. You had social events and you made it work. And I don't think it was all sort of organic whoop to do. I think you had to schedule and structure yourself because momming is a big thing. I want to be as good a mom as you were. So, yeah. There's a structure to it, but that doesn't mean that you can't have closeness and fun within the structure. Would you be open to you know, me giving you an idea of how often I can see you then? I just don't think I can talk about this anymore. All righty. Well, then tell me when you can talk about it, because I really can't continue the way we're going with you expecting these things until we can finish this up. So i tell you what, I'm going to put things on hold. But you call me or text me or say, hey, I want to finish this up and find out what the schedule is. And then we'll talk about it. And I'm certainly willing to hear your, your point of view. So when it, whenever you're ready, we'll resume all this. We'll take it off a pause and we'll finish up with something I hope will work. Love you. Fine. That's right, hard. Now, let's, to, let's, it's hard to be the bad guy. This Come on. Process. OK. All right. Yeah, what, 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 what was it like for you as kind of Heather, the guru of this podcast? <laughs> 
watching the discomfort between mom, dependent and 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 helpless and angry mom, and then Beth trying to be a good, balanced daughter. What 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 tension did you feel? Well, I think if I was the older mom being confronted, I could still sense that Beth desired to honor her mom. Very good. See, I, I, I like let's just let's list like five skills we can give your listeners that we just did. Yeah, yeah. And number one was that Beth said over and over again, even though mom said, you don't love me, you don't want to see me. Beth kept saying, I do, I do, I do. So number one, she conveyed love. That's a great skill. Mm-hmm. She didn't change her messaging based on her mom's behavior. She didn't get hijacked by her mom's victim mentality. Yeah. And the guilt. She mom threw out the, well, yeah, victimization mentality is supposed to create guilt in the other person. So they change their behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So she threw out the victim bombs and, and I felt them too. I went, oh gosh, I'm being a bad person here. But, <laughs> but, but, but even though you feel that, this is for your listening audience, even though you feel that, you can't respond to that because that's not what your values are. You just, you just kind of take a few hits. You yeah. don't go, well, how could you say that? I don't know. You just kind of go, anyway, mom, let's talk about doing it better. So you just kind of, you're kind of the adult. Mom was not being an adult. You have to take a few hits because you have a long game you're playing. Your long game is a better structured, loving relationship, which kind of forces mom to go out and make some friends and keeps you happy at home. So keep the long game in mind and don't let mom derail your hijack you. Mm, yeah. And I think, like you said, keeping the long game in mind, I could sense that she didn't feel the pressure she had to solve it today. There you go. That her goal was a bigger conversation um, of boundaries. Yeah. Well, when she ends up, when mom finally says, okay, all right, what do you want to, what were you thinking? And you say, I'd like to have dinner twice a month and I'd like to have coffee, you know, another twice a month. And I'd like for you to come over to the kids, see the kids once a week. Something that she can do that's within her parameters. And then mom goes, oh, that's nothing. You're starving. You go, that's kind of all I got. But let me help you make some friends. Is there a, a community group or whatever? But that's the second conversation. Mm. Super helpful. And I could even see, honestly, as I'm processing this, <laughs> using all those same skills when I'm doing this with my kids, not getting hijacked by their emotional manipulation or trying to take a victim route or a detour me from the boundary I'm trying to set. You know what the hard part about all this is, I think? It's not when we're doing it with people that are manipulative. That's kind of, you learn that and you go, ooh, I'm, I'm smelling toxic here. And you, It's when you're doing it to legitimate needs. Mm. And you and as a mom, you have to even say no to legitimate needs of a nice person that's not manipulative, like a friend that would just like more time with you or uh, maybe a social club or a board thing or a church thing. And you just and it's great people. You just have to say, it's just not my priority right now. That's harder because they're not being weird. They're just being nice. But you don't have the bandwidth. Yeah. Jumping in here with an idea. Dr. Townsend just mentioned all the good things and sometimes setting boundaries on the good things can be almost harder than the more toxic things. Well, one idea for you, something that has helped me when I'm sorting through what's a yes and what's a no is prayer. And a tool I want to share with you is actually one of this week's sponsors, Val Marie Paper, where prayer meets practical. And the product I want to highlight for you is their Compose Prayer Journal. In it, they have six undated months with prompts on how to organize your prayer requests, including my world and nation, my community, my loves, my family, sweet friends, salvation, personal, and three blank prompts. 
After you've filled it out for the month, then every day you pray over one to two of those prompts. And at the end of the month, there's a section where you can document those answered prayers and keep track of how God's working. And I feel like in this situation, it's going to highlight for you what God's calling you to do and not do and to align your heart with his. I think it's such a cool thing to imagine your kids 20, 30 years from now finding these journals and knowing that you were intentional to plan out what you said no and yes to, what you put boundaries on because you sought the heart of God. If you want to go get 10% off of a composed prayer journal or any other product at Valmarie Paper, use the code Don't Mom Alone, all caps, over at ValmariePaper.com. It's Don't Mom Alone, all caps, at ValmariePaper.com. All right, let's get back to my time with Dr. Townsend. Here we go. I feel that there there are definitely elements into what I'm doing, that there are just a lot of really great people that want a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, and, and I only have so much. Mm-hmm. And for, for us even to respond when people set boundaries, let's say a parent, an in-law or a parent sets a boundary with us that they're not able to be everything we have expectations for. Mm-hmm. I got some questions from people. I wish my kids' grandparents were more involved or I wish X, Y, and Z of my parents. I wish they got on board with our parenting style or I wish they were this. How do we respond when they're not? Well, there's a great passage in James that says we don't have because we don't ask. Mm. Like it's our responsibility to ask clearly for what we need and want from the people in our life. Otherwise, how do they know? And so it just means a conversation to begin with. Like we'd like more time. And we, you know, our parenting, y'all are much more into, you know, uber discipline and we're more into a balance of discipline and love and all this. And we'd like to change it. And so it's, you got to look at everything. As a psychologist, I look at every situation with humans as between mild and moderate and severe. Right. And a, and a mildly non-functional adult parent will go, oh, we had no idea. Yeah. Can we talk about it? We're reading this book on this. And they go, oh, OK. Thanks for telling us. Mm-hmm. Now, that's mild. But then with moderate, severe, they get defensive and they get blamey and all that. And I always give everybody three chances. I don't think anybody should just should change a relationship because of one thing. So. Can we have another conversation, another conversation? And it keeps saying, no, we're just going to be chaotic, you know, Disney parents that never put limits or we're going to be really stormtrooper parents or whatever. We're not going to change. And you've, you've been vulnerable and you pleaded with them and all this three times. Then what you do is, number one, is you determine how much access they're going to have and say, mm-hmm. you know, y'all are there three times a week. And when the kids come back, they're on a sugar high because you <laughs> let them stay up till three or they're afraid because you were so hard on them, whatever. And you just say, we're going to have to start probably limiting a little bit of access to you guys because we have to kind of redo things when you, they come back. And then you've gone beyond, you know, an invitation to a consequence. Mm-hmm. And, they, they, and, and, and somebody in the moderate level will go, well, I want to see your kids more. I understand. But they're our charge. So if you can't somewhat agree with our parenting style, it's going to be less access, mom and dad. And then... The modern ones will go, okay, let me see that book. Okay. <laughs> right. And the severe ones go, I don't care. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And then you, then you say, okay, well, we'll just kind of be around as much as we feel like it's feasible and we love you, but it change, you change your position. We, we really can't. It's our duty to not keep our kids around who don't have somewhat similar values of people around us. And you know what else you have to do? This is not to protect the parents. Then you have to find other functional parents around you. That mm-hmm. love their older people and give they got to have other kind of like 
non-biological grandparents that will be kind and, and, and wise and have time for them. you got to find friends in the church or in your neighborhood or in sports who can give those kids what they need. It's really not about keeping the adult parents happy. It's about the kids need good stuff. So you got to replace them. There's an old statement that Jesus made when somebody said, your mother and your brothers are here to see you. And he said, wait a minute. He said, who are my mother and my brothers but those who do the will of God? Hmm. And Jesus was saying, we got to keep the biological family. We're all family people, but we can't keep that number one. He says, there's the spiritual family, which is even more important. And sometimes when biological family fails you and lets you down and gets toxic, you've got to go to spiritual family and say, they're not related to me, but they function better as grandparents than my bio grandparents do. Hmm. Yep. Yep. You hang out with enough people. And you know that there are a lot of individuals dealing with some really hard situations and having to choose that, to choose nine biological grandparents. And for the one who's listening, who has really struggled to make the choice, I don't know if you use the phrase cut off, but that's, you know, people say. I, no, I don't, I don't like to use it. I don't love it. You know why I don't love it? Because the Bible doesn't love it. Yeah. God hangs in there with all kinds of crazy crap from all of us. Yeah. And he hangs in and he hangs. And then finally, sometimes he says, as C.S. Lewis said, okay, that will be done. But until mm-hmm. then, he puts up with a lot of stuff because he wants things to get better. I'd rather say I'm hanging in there, but in a limited level. Mm-hmm. I'm not cutting off unless mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're shooting at me with a gun. Right. But Quite otherwise, yeah. I can't see him as much as they'd like. I can't spend as much time. I can't give my life access because I got to guard my heart. So I don't say cut off. I just say limit access. And someone actually wrote in and said, if you've given that limited access and you've, you desire to rebuild the relationship, is that possible? If you are dealing with someone on that severe range, like you talked about psychologically, rebuilding trust in a relationship with someone after creating those boundaries and limiting that access? Do they earn it, quote unquote? Yeah. In my in my book, Beyond Boundaries, I talk about that. When you've had to set limits and you want to get close again, then you re-engage with the person and you say, I want to try again, but I want to be as good a friend as I can be or a good adult daughter as, as I can be. But things have got to change on your end too. And if they say, I have no intent of changing, you're the problem. What they're saying is there's nothing new to trust hmm. because trust... Love is free, but trust is earned. We've got to remember that. Love is free as, as you know, air, but trust is earned. So if they go, no, I'm going to stay the way I am. I don't have to change. Then they're telling you, keep the boundaries yeah. because I don't want to change my behavior. So you've got to say, okay, I just want to let you know. That's a quotable right there. It, it, makes it, it makes it simpler, I think. So I'm looking at all my questions. I feel like you've done such a good job that I mean, there there are some very specific ones that I've gotten, like if a parent or an in-law in front of you is overparenting your child, how do you in a healthy way negotiate that scenario? Um, well, you bring it to them in love and say later, you don't handle it in the moment. If it's running into a traffic, so the kids, you know, <laughs> you got to yeah. I mean, if, if someone wants a kid to like take heroin, no, I stop it right then. Right. But um, in the moment, I don't want to disrupt my, again, I'm, I'm trying to protect my kid more than my parents because the kid's a vulnerable in this situation. Mm-hmm. So I just let it go if it's like a loud voice or whatever. But 
At that same event, most family events, you can get somebody in the parking lot or the second bedroom when you're talking to them and say, hey, I need three minutes. Can you not do that again because it doesn't fit with who we are as parents? I really want to be close to you and stay aligned as parents. I do it at the event, not a week later, but I don't do it while it's happening either, unless it's an emergency. It's good. And then you and then you judge it by the response. You know, Jesus said, you know, a good tree by a good fruit and a bad tree by a bad fruit. Well, if the person says, oh, bummer, sorry, thanks for telling me, they're telling you I'm mild. If they're moderate, severe, they'll go, how dare you? I, I You were in my womb for nine months. What are you talking about? Well, they're telling you I'm not interested in changing. Then it's a different scenario. So in that different scenario, where does someone go from there? You present love. Care about that. Care about and I care about a relationship. You present your requirements. This is how I I parent, and I I want you to be consistent with that because that creates a healthy child. And if you're a Christian, you say because I believe the Bible teaches that. You know, the Bible talks about the nurture and admonition of the Lord. I need nurture and admonition for my child that's consistent. If they're not a believer, you just say, "Here's what I found in some in the research about good parenting." So you give them you know reasonable reasons. So you've loved them. You've told them requirements. You give them the backup for the requirements, which is basically good research in the Bible. And then you say, I'd like to know that you'll agree with that. Yeah, you, you do the ask, like in sales. So will you agree with that, Mom? And then, again, they'll say either, yeah, it's a bummer because I'd rather give your kids you know, sugar all day or whatever. <laughs> and then, yeah, you saw my reasons. So you okay with it? And they'll kind of It'll bite me hard for them. Well, I don't feel like I'm a loving person. Well, I think you are. You can you can give them carrots. It's okay. And so then you get buy-in, and then you just test it to see if they continue, and they probably won't. You got to kind of remember, mom, we talked about that, and then you gave them 18 butterfingers, and then over time it works out. Or you got those that are just offended and angry and trying to push past it, and then and that's when you have to say after two or three times of conversations, I'm afraid we're going to have to limit access somewhat because this isn't good for our kids. Love you, but it, let me know. It, let me know if you're open to doing it a different way. But we we'll probably won't be around as much. But remember, before your your listeners go, are you telling us to never see our parents again? Not at all. Those are the severe cases. There's probably I don't know, probably the worst five percent of moms are like that. The other ones will kind of won't like it, and then they'll push back. But ultimately, they'll finally go. Well, I don't want to lose contact with the kids. You got to own your authority as a mom. You're not your mom's little girl anymore. You're a mom whose priority is protecting your kids. So you got to put your take authority that you got a little yard to protect here and be nice to your mom, but it's your yard. Yeah. I'm thinking of the grandma who's listening, who is probably struggling thinking, but I've done this. I've walked this road before. I know the best way, and why do they think their parenting philosophy is better than my parenting philosophy? And she's struggling to watch her child parent in a way that she doesn't agree with, but that's her struggle. Sometimes I just do the uh, the empathic route. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, treat other people you'd like to be treated. I go the empathic route with that mom. When I'm working with the family, I work with a lot of families around the country, mm-hmm. and their family business is about issues like this. I'll just say to the grandma, well, think about when I was nine, if your mom would come to you and say, I disagree with everything you do. You got to do it my way. How would you have felt? And, she, and, the, and, and a decently healthy mom will go, well, I wouldn't have liked that. Right. Right. And you didn't. And you stuck to your own values. And I'm a good person because of that. Do you see the difference? Mm. And if she's mild or, or maybe moderate, she'll kind of go, yeah, kind of sucks, but I get it. 
And a severe will go, no, everything's wrong. It's got to be about me. And that's when you, you know, sooner or later, you got to give up. And but after two or three times of pleading and begging and giving reasons and being kind, you got to say, until you change. I, I had a, a case one time, Heather, mm-hmm. where the mom was an alcoholic. The grandmother was an alcoholic. Yeah. And this couple came to me and they said, you know, she's getting drunk at the restaurant. She's having four martinis. And she's our kids are seeing their grandmother they love fall down and awful stuff. Yeah. And I said to her and I gave her the same plan. And I said, you got to tell her after two or three times. It's been going on for about a year now. Our kids are really getting damaged by this. So if you don't stop drinking at restaurants with us, first they had told her, you know, I think you're an alcoholic. They went, no, I'm not. You're an alcoholic. She, I mean, she's totally in denial. Yeah. If you don't stop drinking at restaurants with us, you won't see your kids for a year. And they went and said they felt like they had the wrong counselor and I was a bad guy and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So we had to work through that. And then they kind of saw nothing else was working. So they begged and pleaded. Mom said, I'm not an alcoholic. Everything's fine. You're overreacting. And she's falling down, falling down, slurring words. And they said, OK, you don't have to be you don't have to go to AA. You don't have to get well, but you've got to curb your behavior when they're children. And so she did it. Again, she tested the limit. They had it, went out to a nice dinner. She had four martinis, fell down, slurred the words. The kids were traumatized. And the next day, they, they called her and said, I'm sorry, the clock starts now. We love you, but we have to do this for our children. And mom called them everything in the book. And this is my grandchildren. You're being awful after I've done. And, and this couple I was working with, they cried and it hurt them. And they, they had to get a bunch of support around them because they felt like they were being bad. And they you know, had to answer the kids why the kids were saying, why the grandma not here? Well, because we're kind of in a timeout until mom, grandma decides to, to not drink around you. At the end of that, the year went by, and they asked her out to dinner again. Guess what grandma drank for dinner, Heather? Mm, I'm going to think water. I'm going to think water. And she has never, to my knowledge, she has never gone to AA. She's never admitted to me alcoholic, but she's drank nothing but water at the restaurants since then. Mm. That's the story. This is the hope we give people. Yeah, and the and the just the encouragement that you can choose health for your own family and set a boundary, and it's it's ultimately up to the other person whether they what yeah, they do with you're that. Being, you're being loving and helpful. You're yeah. just asking for sanity. That's not a mean thing. It's yeah. a good thing. Okay, I know our time is like pretty much up, but so many people asked about the holidays. I think they'll be mad at me if I don't ask. I feel like we could take everything you've told us and apply it to the holidays, but. If you have any wise insight that we haven't covered when it comes to feeling like everyone wants to be with you, which I think is a great problem. Uh, Everyone wants to be with you over the holidays. So many expectations. How do we manage all of that in a season that is supposed to be joyous, but can be kind of um, overwhelming? Yeah, I have four four suggestions because I there's probably a book coming out on this one. Okay, good. Four suggestions. One is ahead of time, front load your expectations. Okay. Ahead of time. Like, you know, October before it gets crazy. You and your spouse or whoever, here's what we can expect. You know, here's how much time we got for whatever events. And we can, and there's some times with the town that our, our, our family's just going to huddle. We're going to be together. Or we're going to go, maybe go to a church service that we like, but we can't entertain and do everything to everybody. Here's our expectations. Just set them out, put it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Number two, get your tank full before it hits. Don't be the giver, giver, giver. Be the person that is getting support and love and, and kind of connection and encouragement from other people so that you're not drained. So get your tank. Make sure you've got the people who are giving to you in your life around you during the holidays. That's the second one. The third one is that this is not the time to have to talk with anybody. 
you know, alcoholic Uncle Jimmy, you don't tell him why you're, you know, carving the turkey. I wish you'd stop drinking. Mm -hmm. No, you should never have the talk at the event. Right. Just do it it in January. Right. (laughs) Because it's not a good time and nobody's reasonable and everybody's sort of, you know, it's just a stressful time. So don't do it then. And the fourth is stay focused on what's important. If faith is important, then you go find people that love Jesus and you talk about Jesus with them. You take your kids and make sure you're getting the good things in your life or community events and taking your kids to go to help people who are homeless or in domestic violence shelters and or people with, with dads in prison. Go do the things that you love that, that fill you up. Those are the four keys. And you've talked about filling up, tank full and filling up. Uh, you have a new book coming out. Will you take a minute and tell people about that? Sure. It's called People Fuel. And the idea is that moms need energy. You need energy from all kinds of sources, from working out and good nutrition and sleeping right and positive attitudes and faith. But you also need you need fuel from other people, too. The Bible teaches it, that we need each other. It's not good that we'd be alone. And also the research says that people who have people that, that will build into them and love them and encourage them, they live longer. They have fewer medical problems. They are more successful. So the idea is that, um, you know, all of us are into the biological now, like our bionutrients. If you don't have enough calcium, that supplement, you'll get like bone problems like osteoporosis. If you don't have enough um, iron in your system, you'll get you'll get what's the blood disease? Anemia. Oh, anemia. Anemia. anemia and, and it's bad for us. Well, the concept of people fuel is that there are also relational nutrients. And instead of a supplement, it's a conversation that my brain gives to your brain and your brain gives back to my brain. And there are 22 nutrients, just like calcium and iron, but they're relational in four areas. And here's, we call them four quadrants to make them simple. We need from other people, some people quadrant one, we need them to be present with us. Just shut up and listen. I just need to know I'm not alone, that you get me, you understand. I don't need any advice. You know, husband and wife problems often women want connection and men want to give advice. You got to kind of train your husband, but we just need to be present with each other. The second was convey the good. Sometimes we just need somebody to tell us something nice about ourselves. Like just let me know that I might've messed up with my kid and my, you know, something's happened at school, but you think I'm a good mom and you, and you like me and you want to encourage me. That's convey the good. We need that nutrient. The third nutrient we need is provide reality. Sometimes we need wisdom from others and truth and and insight and perspective and feedback to help us make great decisions as a mom. And the fourth one is call to action. That's the fourth quadrant. And call to action means, you know, right now, I don't need you to kind of tell me I'm a good person. I I feel it right now. But I don't even know what to do in this situation with my job or or with my schedule or with my kid or with my spouse or whatever. What are some advice steps you can give me? And if you put those together, all of us, every human on the planet, I believe, needs all four of those quadrants given to us, and we give them to other people every single week of our lives. And then we're healthy, and we have great energy to be a parent. Amazing. It's so needed in a world that's tending towards isolation. And I know as moms, we often don't know how to verbalize those four needs. We don't. So giving us words of what to ask for and being a good friend who listens and instead of just popping out the advice saying, well, what do you need from me today? Um, There you go. There's a great question. And we have a relational nutrients card that moms are putting in their purse or they're downloading their smartphone. So you can go, you can wake up in the morning and go, what do I need today? I Mm. need somebody to to identify with me. I need somebody to accept me or I need some steps. So we, and, or, or you're at lunch with somebody and, Cynthia's having an awful time. What does she need? We got the card for that. And you can get it 
on our website, relationalnutrients.com. Fabulous. Free, just download it. You got all 22 nutrients, four quarters. Put it in your, your purse, print it out, put it in your smartphone. Easy. Love it. From my process group, that is one thing I've really taken away is uh, listening <laughs> before I just jump in with what I think they should do and asking after they shared a lot of how they're feeling and what's going on to say, well, what do you need from me? So that's really helpful to have that resource that I can point people to. And I'll link it in the show notes for everyone. Right. John, this has been amazing. Truly, this is super, super helpful. A lot of mental and um, a lot of energy for moms going into these relationships and wanting to do this well and wanting to honor. And I think that you've really equipped us. So thank you for your time today. Absolutely, Heather. And just God bless you if you're a mom. It's the hardest job but the most fulfilling job in the world. Keep up the good work. Oh, we appreciate that. Thanks again, y'all, for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions. I know some of you, this is a lot harder situation than just parents giving your kids too much sugar. I know there's a lot of pain that these relationships can bring, heartache, and wishing you were in a different scenario, wishing you had parents that were one way. And I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you in that space. So here we go. Lord, I come to you in humility, knowing there are so many broken hearts, those who have expectations of moms and dads and aunts and uncles and grandparents, and those expectations have gone unmet. I pray that they would find you in that space, that they could trust you to meet their needs in a way outside of the tradition, that they could open their eyes to see the gifts that you've given them in those unmet expectations. I pray that you would embolden them to set boundaries for the health of their family and the way that they are wanting to do things differently. I thank you that we do get a chance to break generational bonds, that they are not bound to continue the path that their parents have set before them, that in listening to this podcast, they are wanting to do it differently. They're wanting to do the parent thing, the family thing your way. And I pray, Lord, that you would give them the comfort they're needing today. I pray, Holy Spirit, for reconciliation, for coming together, that in limiting access, that actually helps loved ones get the health and healing that they need. And that we are, we are being loving in setting boundaries for some people. I pray, Lord, that you would be with our hearts as we don't want to hurt, but sometimes hurt happens. And I pray, Lord, for our kids. I pray um, over our relationship with them. I thank you, God, for this time. I thank you for Dr. Townsend and his work. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, I know I, after that interview, I was like, "Woo, that was a lot putting on the spot. It was uh, good, a good kind of hard. And so please reach out if something didn't hit you right or you have more questions or check out his books. He has so many different resources before you uh, draw conclusions. I would definitely read some of his his work out there. Wanted to let you know that I am still doing those Monday emails and I don't want you to miss the show notes or what the goodness that I'm putting in them. So go to Ola Heather. That's H for Ola, just like Heather. Ola, H-O-L-A, Heather.com. You can sign up for those Monday emails. Uh, make sure you get the links to all the goodness from the show and from other things that are going on. 
Uh, thank you all for sharing. So many of you sharing on social media as new people are finding the show and reaching out. God is good. He is using so many different people to make himself known. And I thank you for that. I hope you have a great start to your summer. Remember, just like you needed grace as the school year started, we need that same grace entering into the summer. There are going to be a lot of sibling battles. There's going to be a lot of adjustment to a new routine. Even though we're thankful to not be waking up early, it's still um, quite a challenge to settle into that new routine. So I'm praying grace over you as you enter that. All right. Have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.